Hey there, everyone. Welcome to F4W Online. You're watching Speak Now Pro Wrestling here with Denise on Friday nights at an earlier time slot. Uh, I don't normally go live at this time. However, I decided to make an exception for this week because uh, as most of you guys know, I was at AEW Dynamite uh, this weekend and I pretty much saw all of Rampage except for two segments. And I thought, well, do I want to watch it twice or just start the show earlier and have an extra hour to myself for Friday nights? So I chose the uh, chose the option of having myself an extra hour uh, this Friday night to kind of, you know, enjoy my, well, I'm not even enjoying myself. What am I talking about? I have work to do after this. I still got a video to do. And I'm going to try to watch a little bit of Impact Wrestling Hard to Kill as well. So for those of you who are like, why is she going on exactly at the time of Rampage? Page, uh, that's the reason why. So I will be going over SmackDown today, and then I'm going to be talking about the portions of Rampage that I watched um, when I was there on Wednesday for the actual taping. So that's pretty much why I was here, uh, you know, an hour earlier. So I hope you guys understand in terms of I didn't want to waste an hour just watching something I had already seen. Um, so let's do this, guys. Uh, January 13th, uh, Friday the 13th, a spooky day here. Um, <laughs> this last this whole week everyone has been absolutely nuts uh every single like hour i'm or not even hour constantly i'm on my phone uh refreshing uh checking reading things trying to see what's going on in the world of wrestling and everything um i've been putting out so many videos here on f4w especially with the latest because there's so much news i'm gonna be working on one tonight immediately after this video um so it's just non-stop and uh we're keeping it going everyone there's so much wrestling going on um all right so let's get into smackdown i actually thought smackdown was a pretty decent show today it kind of flew by by the time that it was um you know time for the main event between Sami Zayn and kevin owens i i looked at the clock and i'm like wait it's already time for the main event uh i was very thankful for that these two hours flew by massively. Uh, SmackDown right now is definitely the better show in comparison to Monday Night Raw. So SmackDown for me has been uh, kind of, I've been looking more forward to actually talking about SmackDown recently than I have been about Raw. So that's a little bit as to where I am with all of this. But let's get into the show. So we're going to start things off with Braun Strowman and Gunther. We'll talk about um, Sami Zayn and the bloodline uh, all together towards the end. So I'm going to skip the intro of SmackDown and I'm going to get right into the Braun Strowman Gunther match for the Intercontinental Championship. So here's the deal. I have been, if you've been here um, for these previous uh, post shows, you know that I did not want to see uh, Braun Strowman defeat Gunther whatsoever. And something still tells me that it's probably going to happen, especially with the way that uh, tonight's match went down. I'm still thinking we're going to see uh, a rematch between them. But I do not, do not want to see Braun Strowman take away the Intercontinental Championship from Gunther. And I feel like that's the direction they've been heading in, and I don't want it, and I've been trying to put it out there every single week that I don't want it because I'm manifesting that it doesn't happen. Um, so anyways, I was nervous, though, heading into this match for multiple reasons because I legitimately thought 
crap, today is the day that they take off the Intercontinental title and give it to Braun Strowman. And the reason why I don't want to see Gunther lose the title is because I feel that, you know, they have something really special with Gunther. I feel that he's added so much to the Intercontinental Championship. And I just know that the matches that I'm going to enjoy more are going to be with Gunther defending the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, to me, you have somebody that could be like, you somebody that you can really, really build up to be that guy on the roster. And let's be real, we need to build these guys up. And to me, it's Gunther. It's To me, it's not Braun Strowman. Uh, Braun Strowman, for me, it's seen it, been there, done that. I'm a, a fan of the guy and this and that. But for me, Gunther, there's just so much more upside to him. And so that's why I want them to keep him strong. Uh, and that's why I don't want to see him lose the Intercontinental Championship, uh, at least not right now and not to Braun Strowman. Later on to maybe a different opponent, depending on where we are at in terms of storytelling and all of that, then okay. You know, I won't complain. You can't hold on to the belt forever. But that's kind of where I'm at um, right now. Uh, I know that Kelvin uh, Holland here is asking me who beats, um, who then beats uh, Gunther. Right now, I don't got anybody, guys. I legitimately don't got anybody. Uh, unless they decide to bring up Ilya Dragunov or something, then I'll be like, hell yeah, let's go and let's do Ilya and Gunther again. Uh, but you know, that's just me wishful thinking, uh, doing some wishful thinking. All right. So um, let's go ahead and talk about uh, what went down in this match, because there was a point here. Uh, actually, before we get into the match, I kind of want to laugh a little bit because, OK, so they're in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Right. And so, you know, uh, Braun has been doing all the stuff with the Green Bay Packers and all of that. It's a really, really nice story. And when they mentioned that, though, I'm like, oh, man, when they mentioned the story behind the shoes and why he's doing it and this and that, I'm like, oh, man, they definitely can have Braun Strowman lose now. So I was sold. I was so sold that Braun Strowman was not going to lose tonight. Um, the other thing that I was the, the thing that I that I was uh, mentioning that I actually kind of found funny, though, was that, you know, they're talking about uh, Braun Strowman being in his uh his home turf, right? So they're talking, obviously, uh, he's from apparently, according to Wikipedia, Shrillis, Sherillis, Sherillis Ford. I don't know where he's from or whatever. But the point is that they're saying that he is, um, you know, he was an hour and a half away from, uh, from his, from where he lives, right? I don't know where the hell Braun Strowman lives. Um, his home turf, right? But I started laughing at this because I'm like, ain't no way that I'm calling San Diego my home turf. Like, that's an hour and a half. That's two hours away. I ain't from San Diego, bro. I'm from Los Angeles. Uh, so I kind of find it a little funny that you're like, that Michael Cole kept saying how he's only in his house. He's only an hour and a half away from here. An hour and a half is kind of a lot. Um, but anyways, that's just something small that I was laughing at. Uh, anyways, and then the other thing that made me start thinking that they were going to have Braun Strowman win tonight was that Michael Cole made sure to put over Gunther in terms of how long he's held the title for. Uh, he was like, it's been since June 10th. We've had Gunther with the title for over 200 for for 217 days and I'm thinking this is it we're done it's this is going to go down the you know this is just going to go down the way that it is right um for the actual match I will say this I actually had a really good time with this one here so um there there was one thing that I personally did not like about this and here's why 
any other guy that's a big guy that's going up against Braun Strowman and he's a heel, I would get it that they did the whole thing about uh, Gunther essentially. So in the beginning of this match, Gunther kind of avoids the uh, getting into the physical action right away. He gets out of the ring and, you know, kind of does that pacing that we all see heels do, uh, something that Randy Orton does a lot, right? So we see Gunther do that. And then commentary commentary starts talking about how, uh, you know, he's used to facing smaller guys and here he is with a big guy and this and that. Oh, I hated this. I hated this so much. And I get what they were trying to do. You know, clearly Gunther is a heel and this and that. But I hated that. I don't like when you do copy and paste control copy paste uh every single thing for for heels and whatnot for me i did not like this because gunther to me should be treated a little bit differently a little bit more special um he should not be intimidated in my opinion by anybody even if they are you know big guys themselves to me i don't want to see gunther do that i want to see gunther be like I don't care what size you are, big, small, whatever. Like I'm Gunther, uh, you know, freaking uh, I'm the ring general and I'm gonna, you know, kick your ass. It doesn't matter who. So I just wish that they wouldn't do copy and paste uh, the same presentation for like a lot of these people in these scenarios. And, you know, sometimes you got to tweak things a little bit for who the person is. And when you have somebody a little bit more special. Um, so that's one point of this match that I did not like but after this I pretty much liked everything um throughout this entire match uh well actually in the beginning we do see Braun Strowman get the best of Gunther and so we uh you know at one point um we see him like they crash into the commentary table. They fight on the outside. A little bit of action with the steel steps. And that was sort of the start of this match. But then as we progressed, uh, Gunther was working the arm of Braun Strowman. And that was like them going off of last week's story as well. So we kind of saw uh, Gunther make sure to keep constantly attacking the shoulder of Braun Strowman. Uh, there was a moment where that I really enjoyed when Gunther brought out his dropkick and then out of nowhere just like, he 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 um he hits him with the drop kick, then immediately gets Braun Strowman with the clothesline, goes for the pin. Obviously, Braun Strowman kicks out at this point. Um, we see the splash from Gunther. Strowman kicks out again, and then for the finish, I didn't actually like the way that this looked. So it was a power bomb from Gunther to Braun Strowman, but it was kind of weird. I don't know if you guys noticed this. I'm thinking maybe it was the size. Um, it didn't really seem like. It didn't seem like Braun Strowman was like perfectly like, I don't know, it was weird. It was just this big disconnection where it didn't seem like Braun Strowman was in the best position for that power bomb. And he it, it looked really, really awkward. Like, like if you're alert, like if it was the first time he did a power bomb or something, but it was just the positioning of Braun Strowman and where Gunther actually had him. So I didn't like the actual power bomb, but everything that happened in this match, the story of the shoulder and how all of that worked itself out um, and having Gunther get the win, all of that was good stuff. But I don't think that this is the end of it. I think we're going to still continue to see Gunther Braun Strowman uh, just based on all of these little things that they did during the match. And um, I'm still manifesting it. Do not have Braun Strowman defeat Gunther. 
mean, not that anybody who's actually writing the show is going to hear that, but I'm putting it out there. Um, so there we go. Um, so let's see what people are saying and see what people are, are, are putting here. Um, we got Zeno Hour who says that he thought that they had some good chemistry. They did. It wasn't bad. It was just that. Honestly, the only part that I didn't like was the beginning. That was just me nitpicking. And then the uh, the powder bomb. But everything else in between was really good. It was very entertaining. Um, so much better than I actually thought that it was going to be. So um, it was all good stuff here. Jose says, Denise, out of wrestling question. Not a wrestling question. What do you think of Shakira's new song? I haven't heard it. I heard she had a new song, but I hadn't heard it just yet. I did hear Miley Cyrus's new song, Flowers, though. I did like that one, but I haven't heard Shakira's new song, though. All right. Um, I need to hear it, though, because I love Shakira. I really do. I love her so much. Okay. Um, but moving on from this. So there you go. That was the opening uh, match on SmackDown. Gunther defeating and retaining his Intercontinental Championship against Braun. All right. Uh, next up, we got a Rey Mysterio promo. Yeah, we got a Rey Mysterio promo. And some of you are like, why is she making that face? We don't really get Rey Mysterio promos that often. Uh, at least it doesn't feel like we do, or maybe it's been a while. Uh, but before we get to that, we actually got a first Super Chat of the night. And this is from uh, Stephen Marculi, uh, or Marchuli, Marcuchuli. Oh my God, I'm so sorry, Stephen. I always do this to you. My apologies. Stephen M. Stephen M. says, looking forward to Gunther versus Brock. Yes. Yes, I would love, yes, just yes. Yes, all the way, man. Um, For me, that's why you got to keep building up and building Gunther and make him uh, uh like an unstoppable freaking monster, beast, whatever you want to call him, whatever. Um, They need to do that with Gunther because if they work, they can easily work themselves up to a Gunther-Brock uh, match if they keep things going. I'm, don't even get me started. That's like, tell that's like saying, Denise, do you want a bagel with cream cheese right now? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, thank, uh, thank you to Steven uh, for sending in that super chat uh, as well. Uh, we got DNM who says, good match. Wouldn't mind a rematch down the line. Uh, I wouldn't either. As long as we have a Gunther win. All right. So let's get into uh, Rey Mysterio's promo. So like I said, we don't often get these Rey Mysterio promos. So when we get them, it's, it stands out a little bit on the show. So Rey Mysterio comes out and he uh, addresses Dominic. And he was talking about how he didn't really have a good Christmas. If you ask me, Rey Mysterio hasn't had a good last couple of months after everything that's been going down with his son, Dominic Mysterio. Uh, Rey Mysterio's life has kind of been turned upside down. Um, So he's talking about how, you know, Ray, how Dominic basically ruined his holidays and you know went to jail and now he's walking around acting like a thug and he says this as a father it breaks my heart and then he goes but as a man I'm fed up now here's my question for the chat for those of you who watch Smackdown because I don't know if this was a me thing or if this happened to everybody watching the show so my assumption was that Rey Mysterio said that he was fed up with this, with this shit or with his shit, because after Rey Mysterio said, I'm fed up, my screen went to black and everything got muted and then it came back. 
which is weird because usually when they when they curse or there's a bad word, they just mute it. They don't actually go to black. So I wasn't sure if it was just my Fox Sports stream that just went to black or if this happened to everybody. Because my assumption is here that Rey Mysterio said I'm fed up with his shit. I'm assuming that's what he probably said. And that's why it cut to black. And that's why it kind of muted for a bit. Thank you, Zeno Hour. Thank you. Uh, he says Ray definitely, uh, Ray definitely cursed. Uh, thank you. Good. I'm glad that I wasn't the only one who, um, who caught that there. So he should be cursing. Like his son is technically, you know, going to jail and uh, acting like a thug, like he says, and making bad life decisions and this and that and whatever, right? Um, so, anyways, so because of this, he. Um, he basically says that he is entering himself in the Royal Rumble and he promises to win. And then Karrion <laughs> Cross comes out. And my reaction when Karrion Cross came out was, oh yeah, that's right. They're still feuding with each other. I forgot about that. I was just here last week talking about how Karrion Cross, uh, you know, man, the, the reason that I say that I forgot about that's not because I forgot, but it was because it's been rather uninteresting <laughs> so i'm trying to basically you know talk about how it's been a little bit uninteresting uh in, in a nice way uh so carrying cross comes out and cross basically tells them you know what like you're just like your son and so Rey Mysterio gets pissed off and he jumps on him and he uh, attacks Karrion Cross, gets him down into the position to take the 619. Rey Mysterio goes to attempt the 619, but Scarlet uh, grabs the leg of Rey Mysterio uh, and this allows uh, Cross to get in uh, the Cross jacket onto uh, Rey Mysterio. And that's how the segment ends. They then pull up the uh, Scarlet, then pulls up her little tarot card with uh, you know her Rey Mysterio tarot card. And that's pretty much where we are with that. So here's what's going on with Rey Mysterio. He still doesn't have a good relationship with his son. He's on another brand. He moved because he to a different brand because he didn't know what to do anymore about Dominic. And now Dominic has just gone so far down in a polar opposite direction uh, that it's so far off. Uh, and he's also feuding with Karrion Cross because Karrion, I don't even remember how this beef started with Cross and Rey Mysterio. Yeah, I feel so bad, but I'm not interested in this. I'm not interested in this story. I'm hoping that it gets good. I'm hoping, I really am hoping, but right now I'm just like, cool, thumbs up. Um, I will say this though, Rey Mysterio's mask, Oh my God, I really liked it today. Cause for some reason, um, the material looked a little different. Uh, usually he has more of that like a uh, shiny kind of material where this mat, this match kind of looked, this mask kind of looked a little bit more like matte. Um, I really liked it. It, it. it looked very different today. So thumbs up on that, man. All right, let's see what else we got here and see what uh, people are saying here. Uh, yeah, Darf St Steven says this feud kind of started randomly. It did. He started doing the tarot cards weeks ago. I remember that. And he, I remember him pulling up the Rey Mysterio card. He's been doing it now for, well, him and uh, Scarlett have been doing it uh, for a while now. So we've been seeing that for a while. Um, all right. So 
Uh, let's go ahead and uh, press on from this. And by the way, we are getting Rey Mysterio versus Karrion Cross on SmackDown in two weeks from now. So that will be putting us over at the uh, January 27th episode of SmackDown uh, right before uh, the Royal Rumble. So Royal Rumble weekend for that SmackDown, that's when we're going to be getting uh, Rey Mysterio and Karrion Cross. So that should be pretty cool. Uh Real Mike's World says, I heard Cross shouting, I've waited 10 years for this as he was choking Ray. He did shout that. He did. I remember hearing him that as well. Uh, so he's been waiting 10 years to get his hands on Ray Mysterio. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on from this and let's get into uh, the women's match here. So Zia Lee versus Tegan Knox. Um, this was this was a short match. It was like very short, but um, for what it was, it was perfectly a, a, a little solid, brief little match that we had here between Zia Lee and Tegan Knox. Um, so for the actual finish, we did see um, Zia Lee basically get Tegan Knox with a couple of forearms, but uh, the finish basically came suddenly when Tegan Knox hit her uh, shiniest wizard for the win. So Tegan Knox gets the win, and I feel like I. I went back to check uh, Tegan Knox's record. And since she's returned to, to WWE to SmackDown and all of that, and she's been getting them wins. Like for some, like I know her wins haven't felt too, um, they haven't felt too noticeable, like something that really stands out. But if you actually go back and look her shows on SmackDown that she's been on, the matches that she's been part of, she's been pretty much winning um, a good solid little amount there. So I feel like they just need to keep it going, man. Keep it going with Tegan Knox. Keep her getting them wins and keep her, you know, just getting, you know, just climbing those ranks and whatnot. In terms of Zia Lee, um, the character feels very disconnected. I feel like, I almost feel like we're seeing a, a, a slightly different version of Zia Lee each and every single week. Um, they're not doing the vulture thing anymore. Uh, it kind of just, it seems like, it seems like they don't really know what the creative of Zia Lee should actually be. Um, and so until that is really sharpened out, I don't really see Zia Lee becoming like one of the top women on this particular roster until they pretty much iron out those details um, for Zia Lee's character. Because if you were to tell me, Denise, what's Zia Lee's character right now? I don't know. She she comes out and she's, you know, going to kick your butt. But <laughs> I, I don't even know. I think she's been like, I don't even know what she's been really up to, to be honest. And I watched the show. <laughs> but it's just one of those things where you see people sporadically and then you don't really see them. And then you see them and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot that they're doing that. You know? So I really do think there needs to be uh, just, they just need to iron out those details for Zia Lee and uh, make her an, a character that is, uh, you know, interesting versus, um, versus a little bit too cartoonish. So cartoonish that you can't really, uh, you know, see her as somebody that you're taking seriously. So I think they should find a balance between the cartoonish stuff and just, you know, really make her, because we need these women guys. Like we need these women to like become more of a, God, like we just need more options, uh, especially to get into that title picture. We need um, more options here. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and yeah, everybody's pointing out that you know Tegan has been protected pretty well. Um, Dawn says she was actually expecting uh, Zaya to win. A little surprised to see Tegan win. She did that run in a few weeks ago just to lose. Um, and uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like with Zaya Lee, it doesn't really feel like there's an actual, um, you know 
like there's an actual pathway. Like there doesn't seem to be an end goal there just yet with Zia Lee. Like it seems like they're still trying to figure things out. And we saw this a lot happen on, uh, you know, NXT for her as well. So we'll see. Uh, in terms of Tegan, I did expect Tegan to win this match. Um, definitely expected Tegan to win this match. Uh, there's just so much more to get there. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and continue on from here. And uh, let's get into... Uh, the backstage segment with the Banger Bros. <laughs> All right, so the Banger Bros, Seamus and Drew McIntyre are backstage with Adam Pierce, and uh, basically they uh, they want a rematch against the Usos, but um, Pierce basically says, you know, he's calming them down because they're a little bit too hyped up. Like here, uh, Drew and Seamus are literally just like chopping each other and hitting each other and just getting really aggressive and they like the banger bros like to get physical that was my tweet of the day um anyway so so they're all fired up and hitting each other and you know being banger bros and uh and pierce basically tells them calm down uh there's going to be a smackdown tag team tournament uh starting next week and whoever wins that tournament is going to become the number one contenders for the uh for the tag team titles and we found out that the first round is going to be taking place next week and it's going to be uh the banger bros versus the viking raiders now um the tag team division on smackdown i feel the same way about the women's division on smackdown where the tag team division is feels very slim where they have they have a couple of teams don't get me wrong but they don't really feel like they are at the level of the Usos, right? Like not all the tag teams feel that way. Like Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, obviously, to me are, you know, a top, you know, a top team now that they're, you know, teaming together. But it, there isn't enough like top tag teams to really keep it going. Like, let's be real. Who here, who here is actually thinking that the Viking Raiders are going to make it all the way to the end of this tournament? Nobody nobody and i like the viking raiders i really do but it's they've 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 taken away from the viking raiders what made them special um and i don't really feel like they feel like that special tag team anymore uh same thing it just got too cartoonish with the viking raiders they went from being like to me they to me before i saw the viking raiders as these you know badass men that were gonna go out there and be so hard hitting and do really cool stuff and now i just see them as cartoon guys a cartoonish tag team on the roster that you know i'm gonna see them lose to Umberto and Angel Garza, who they're always also treating the same way. Like I see them now at the same level as Los Lotharios. Um, we haven't even seen Los Lotharios. I don't even know what's up with them. Um, I don't even know what's going on with that. So, I mean, like all of the Fantasma is a good team too. They got Hit Row as well, but Hit Row's kind of been a little bit more of a miss than a hit lately. Um, so it doesn't really feel like a stag stacked tag team uh, division. So there you go. That's where we're at right now. Uh, Andrew and Drizzle says there's no division as long as the bloodline story keeps playing out. 
there i'm not even blaming the bloodline on this one guys uh with or without like the bloodline right now is literally the 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 only thing or one of the main things keeping this show going uh and it shouldn't be like that like there should be for the speaking for the tag team division specifically there should just be a lot more there to grab a hold of to you know be excited about uh so that's kind of where i'm at with the uh i'm not really looking forward to the tag team tournament right now uh because i think these are just Again, it's to me, we got to to me, it's already clear that Seamus and Drew McIntyre are winning this unless there's some big swerve or someone that I'm not thinking of about right now. Um, but that's where we are at with that. Uh, Sheldon Jackson says, um, thank you so much for sending in the uh, for uh, <laughs> thank you for sending in the super chat. He says. Honestly, I miss when they were War Machine being ROH and IWGP heavyweight tag team champions. I, like I'm telling you, they were very freaking cool at one point. Like I still remember the reaction that they got when they went to the main roster. They are literally, they're a great team and they're very talented, but they kind of made them look a little bit more hokey than, than you know, credible, right? So I don't want to say credible. Credible is not the right word. Um... They just look more hokey. They need to take the hokiness away, man. Take the hokiness away. I want to see them be treated more seriously. I want their demeanor to be a little bit more uh, serious instead of, oh, these are the guys that, you know, ate a bunch of turkey legs one time. Uh, Disney characters or whatever. Uh, that's where I'm at with the Viking Raiders. And we need a team like that. We really do need a team like that. Um, so there you go. Uh, thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for sending in this uh, super chat as well. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and continue on from here. And um, let's see, let's see, let's see. All right, next up, Bray Wyatt. So we got some more information. As you guys know, they are doing the pitch black match, uh, Bray Wyatt versus LA Knight at the Royal Rumble. Well, we kind of maybe got a little bit more information on that. We're still very unclear as to um, you know, what this match is even going to be. We still don't know if it's a cinematic match, if they're going to turn out the lights, if they're going to be blindfolded, if they're just going to be dimly lit. I don't know. I don't know. All we know, and they mentioned this on last week's SmackDown, I believe it was, was uh, Cole did say that it was going to be, you had to win via pinfall or submission. That's all we know. That's literally all we know about this pitch black match. Oh, and also that it's sponsored by Mountain Dew. They made sure to throw that in there a bunch. So uh, this one is specifically sponsored by Mountain Dew. Um, but here we go. We got Bray Wyatt. So he goes out there and um, he basically starts off by saying that sometimes we as humans forget who we are and what made us. And sometimes you just need something to kind of push you in the direction where you are able to revel in what you are. So he starts off by saying that. He then goes on to say that... Um, he starts mentioning the things that he's lost. He says that he has to keep reminding himself that he is uh, solo in a world where he is red and everybody else is in black and white. Uh, basically saying he's different from everybody else. And then he starts saying how he's Uncle Howdy and he's the eater of the world and he's everything and he's Bray Wyatt. And then he says, but who are you? Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> and then after this, he then says that at the pitch, the pitch black match that it is at the Royal Rumble, it is going to be his baptism, his true rebirth in the dark. 
I made a joke about this on Twitter and I was like, cool, we're all invited to uh, Bray Wyatt's baptism at the Royal Rumble. I wanted to go a step further. And uh, actually, Ryan, uh, R- uh, Ryan Papola from WWE was mentioned, uh, tweeted me. Uh, and he was like, what did he say? He's uh, he oh, he was laughing at the, uh, the the tweet that I posted. And then I put I wanted to put a follow up to that and say, like, who are his godparents going to be? And then he just wrote back uh, making a joke, calling it uh what did he say? Uh, I think he, he mentioned something about like, uh, what is it? Godfather. I think he said like Godfather Howdy or something like that. I forgot what it was, but it was pretty funny. Um, anyway, so I don't know what to make of the actual pitch black match. I don't really know what to expect from it. Um, but this is going to be his, his rebirth, his rebirth, his, his, his baptism. Whatever that means. I mean, I know what a baptism is. Obviously, we do. But I don't know what it means in this particular context of what the match is going to be. Um, so I don't know. Let's see what we got here. What are some theories here? What's going on? Uh, maybe some of your theories might enlighten me here. Uh, the Brindo Boxer says, dimly lit, creepy lighting match. Oh, I really hope they don't do something where it's those... Um, Oh, no, I don't think they, well, they could, you know, the strobe lights, the strobe lights. So for some reason, I hate strobe lights now. And I think because I got this like really bad fear um, where like I heard strobe, strobe lights cause seizures and I've never like had that happen to me at all. But because I heard it now it's in my head. I'm like, oh, that's scary, right? It's one of those things that has never happened to you, but because you hear it happens to somebody else, you start to get it in your own head and you start to panic a little bit. That's where I'm at in the phase of my life. Um, all right, so um, I don't know where they're going right now with uh, with this entire thing. Uh, Isaac Looper says this is a little bit of a weird build. Um, Steven is afraid that the live crowd is going to hate it. Uh, well, again, it depends on what they're actually doing. Uh, obviously, it's going to look a lot better on television uh, than it will in the live crowd. Uh, this is from... Andrizzle 10, who says the entire story is a mess. It just doesn't work when there are no actual stakes. It's always wait and see, let it play out. Yeah, you know, I'm trying. Uh, I'm really, really trying. Okay, thank you. By the way, people are putting some information on the the situation with the strobe lights. Uh, Andrizzle 10 says they do for people that are susceptible susceptible to them. Uh, you'll be fine if you haven't had any issues yet. I know that, you know, it's just irrational fears, guys. We all got them. Like I'm terrified of everything. Uh, it's, you know, you just get older and you just get more afraid of things. Like back in the day, I would, you know, go on roller coasters and I still do, but I always have this like fear of like, oh man, like what if it happens today? Like just right now, you know what I always fear? And I don't want this to turn into like a fear podcast, but I always have this fear of being on a roller and keep in mind, I live in California of being on a roller coaster and for there to be an earthquake. Like I always think about that. Like when I go on a roller coaster and they're strapping me on, I'm like, please God, not today, not right now, please no. And I'm like, just let me enjoy my life right now. Let me enjoy this roller coaster ride for like a minute. (laughs) So weird. I hate it. It happens to people though, right? Like you ever get crazy ideas in your head and you're like, stop it. I'm just creeping myself for absolutely no reason. Like you're out there enjoying your life, having a great time. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, what if this really bad thing happens to you? Then what? Um, So that's the person that I am. Um, But there you go. 
And Chris Barnett says, Denise, uh, he's, he's that way with strobe lights, the seizure aspect, but they also strain my eyes way too much. Yeah, I get what you mean. Or sometimes they can just get a little bit like fuzzy. But anyways, um, Andrew uh, Zoltan, thank you so much for sending in the Andrew Zoltan. Thank you for sending in the super chat. He says, here's to the hardest worker in the business. I appreciate that. Seriously, I do. Um, thank you for the super chat. And I'm always thankful for people that not just come into the podcast, but if you do send in a super chat, I, as a person who uh, really cares about every single dollar, I appreciate when people send in, send in super chats because I understand that, you know, you know, you, it's like you work for your money, you know, and every... Yeah, I understand the value of a dollar, you know? So I really appreciate it whenever people do send in uh, the Super Chats a whole lot. Um, all right, thank you so much, Andrew Zeldin. Uh Ricky Zeldivar says, it's so freaky crazy and scary. I agree with you, Denise. Oh man, I'm just scaring everybody. Everybody who was like vibing here on a Friday night that was having a good time. They were all chilling, you know, talking about Bray Wyatt and, and just random SmackDown stuff. And here I am like, oh, well, this can happen and this I'm, I turned into the uh to the seven o'clock scary news let's say I'm just the anchor woman who scares people do you guys remember how I met your mother Robin Sherbatsky how she's the anchor woman and she says like oh she's just the scary uh lady on this tv screen who scares people that's where I got it from all right, uh, Don, aka Smiley Girl, thank you so much for sending in the super chat. Uh, Don says, my fear is taking the train to work and it derailing, especially when it's raining or snowing. Oh, that's interesting. I've never had a fear of trains. Well, actually, that's a lie. Not being on the train, like being on the train to me is fine. For me, it's actually pulling up at a railroad stop sign. I hate that. I really, really hate that because one time, I stopped and the little sticks went down and then they went up, right? So, and that was the first car. So I went, but as I was going, they went back down again. And so ever since then, I've had this fear of the little sticks. <laughs> the little sticks have been terrifying to me because I'm like, okay, are you sure? I know you're going up now, but are you sure that I can go now? Uh, so there you go. Uh, but Don, yeah, thank you so much for sharing uh, your fear on here. I get it, man. I get it. We all got it. All right. So <laughs> Steven says, welcome to the What Are We Afraid of podcast with Denise. I should do a show like that, honestly, and just make it like a therapy. All right. But moving on from here, thank you, Bray Wyatt, for kicking us off here. Hey, that's an idea. What if Bray Wyatt just does a pitch black cinematic match and all you get is just everybody's fears? You know, like you walk in to one room and it's a bunch of rats. You walk into another room and it's snake images. The next one is a dentist office or whatever irrational fears people may have or like phobias. Oh, that'd be really great. All right, uh, moving on from this, <laughs> let's get into uh, Raquel versus Liv Morgan. So this was one where uh, earlier someone mentioned that they felt that, uh, that uh, Zia Lee was going to defeat Tegan Knox. Well, in this match, it was actually the reverse for me. I thought Liv Morgan was going to defeat Raquel. So I was actually a little bit surprised with the outcome of this particular match here. So first and foremost, little things, guys, little things. So I do want to critique one tiny thing here. So backstage, the way that this whole match started is there was a confrontation with the ladies and it basically culminated with Liv Morgan slapping Raquel. She slapped her, right? So she slaps her in the face. Now, you and I, if we're at work one day and our coworker slaps us in the face, 
And we're lucky enough to go and actually have a match with this person to kick their butt for slapping you in the face. Let me tell you something. When I walk out, I ain't going to be smiling. I'm going to be pissed the hell off. I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be looking at Liv Morgan and thinking you freaking slapped me, but you're going to get it right now. That was my one little pet peeve where I thought that Raquel should have came out and been pissed, been angry that Liv Morgan slapped her in the face. And uh, you know, you're obviously wanting to get revenge on this person. Uh, so that was my one little nitpick. It's little things, guys, the little stuff that kind of makes things go a little bit of an extra, uh, a little bit of an extra uh, mile, right? Um, anyway, so we kick into this actual match here. Um, and this one I thought was pretty like good. They had some fun little moments here. I love when uh, when Liv Morgan did that headbutt on Raquel, that was fun. There was a funny moment on commentary too, because they were talking about the Royal Rumble. So with Liv Morgan this week and last week, they've been teasing her at important, coming out in an important spot in the Royal Rumble. Last week, she said that she didn't care if she would come out at number one. This week, she said, uh, she mentioned the 30th spot in the Rumble, right? So two very important spots in the Rumble. That can mean make it or break it for you, right? So... Michael Cole's talking about this and he's talking about how small people can win the rumble. And then he says, you know, look at Rey Mysterio and Shawn Michaels. <laughs> and this was funny because Wade responds with, you know, I don't think Shawn would agree or would, would take a liking to you uh, saying this about him. I popped so hard because it, it did kind of feel weird Michael Cole mentioning Sean's name and I get it you know I get what he was why he was saying it and all of that but it did kind of feel a little bit weird um but uh so yeah I did like Wade Barrett's response to this but anyways um moving back on to the match we had Liv Morgan put Raquel on the commentary on excuse me she set up a table on the outside and she put Raquel on that table and she went to the top rope and she was gonna you know tease her spot off the top rope but instead Raquel moves out of the way they make their way back into the ring and once again Liv Morgan's coming off the top rope but Raquel kind of nails her and so Raquel is able to hit the Tahana bomb on Liv Morgan and get the win so I was actually surprised by this I had thought that it was going to be the other way around that Liv Morgan was going to win this match uh, I didn't expect Raquel to win this one in particular um and uh I think they need to keep this going I've said this before uh in regards to Raquel they really they have something there with her I'm a big fan of hers and I just hope that they uh make her character uh you know just a lot stronger I want to see her have this like glow up where she becomes you know a lot more on the actual roster so that's kind of where I'm at with this um in terms of Liv Morgan um she I went back to to kind of look at what she's what her like win loss record is on Smackdown and all of that and for her it's been a little bit like 50 50 but she has been losing quite a bit on Smackdown and ever since she lost the title you know that they did this whole thing where all of a sudden she has a death wish and she's going out there and she's crazy and she's doing all these things but so far none of it has really paid off for her so um I feel like they're in this sort of limbo where they don't really know uh what to do right now with Liv Morgan like she's going out there and she's being crazy and being Liv Morgan but it's not paying off just yet so um 
we'll see where they go um, from there uh, with Liv and all of that. But glad to see Raquel pick up the win because even though I didn't expect her to get the win, I felt that her defeating Liv Morgan felt like a pretty strong victory for Raquel. So I hope they keep it going with her because she's definitely somebody that, uh, you know, I would love to see uh, work with Charlotte and, you know, for the title, uh, you know, and just keep that going. But on, on a big platform, on a big stage, that's what I would want to see. Um, all right, so uh, let's go ahead and uh, move on from here. And we got a comment here from Steven who actually predicts that uh, Liv is going to be the Iron Woman in the Rumble this match this year. You know, they've been teasing it. She's the only person that I've noticed that they keep mentioning, oh, she is, uh, you know, could be in the number one spot, in the 30th spot, whatever, right? I don't think she's winning, though. I, I'm definitely thinking it's going to be Rhea Ripley. If it's not Rhea Ripley, I would be shocked. I would be so shocked if she doesn't actually win. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. All right, but now let's go ahead and uh, move on. We got some more women's action to talk about here. So the next thing that we have going on is uh, Sonya Deville. As you guys recall, she lost to Charlotte Flair uh, when she competed against her for the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. And Sonya Deville wants a rematch. And she goes to Adam Pierce and she's asking for this rematch. But Adam's basically like, nah, you lost. You ain't getting, you ain't getting a rematch. And um, Sonya is basically saying that she's going to get it um, She's going to get it. She, that's what she wants. So she's going to make it happen. Well, we end up getting, after a commercial break, we end up getting uh, Sonya Deville and Charlotte Flair uh, fighting backstage. This was cool. I actually kind of liked this. This was fun. And, uh, you know, the, the securities were trying to break it up and this and that. So it was a nice little brawl backstage. So this is, this is cool. I like that they're doing this. Um, because right now, Sonya Deville is really one of the top women that, you know, they can put in this and put into a story with Charlotte Flair. And so I feel like right now, it feels like a placeholder sort of until they work up some of the other women and start building them up to be in that position to go up against Charlotte Flair. So I feel like they have options with um, Raquel. They have options with um, Tegan Knox, just to name a few. So I kind of see that. That's how I kind of see the Sonya Charlotte story. I kind of see it as a little bit of a, Let's do this right now while we build up some of the other women. Uh, that's kind of how I feel that they're, that's what I'm reading from what we're watching on the show. Um, okay, so also backstage, we got Kayla Braxton, who ends up talking with Gunther. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Gunther did defeat Braun Strowman. And uh, he basically says that, you know, coming off of this win, it's time for him to capitalize and win the Royal Rumble and main event WrestleMania. So I'm assuming that basically means, hey, we are getting Gunther in the Royal Rumble. So there you go. Um, next week, we are going to be uh, seeing the contract signing on SmackDown between Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens. We are also going to be seeing the Banger Bros versus the Viking Raiders in a first round match for the uh, tag team tournament that they're doing for the number one contendership uh so that's where we're at with what we're going to be seeing next week but now let's get into the main event of smackdown and then i'm going to run through uh some rampage notes and if you do not want rampage spoilers don't worry i'll make sure to let you guys in obviously know in advance before we get into rampage um because i recognize 
Well, actually, it's almost over. Technically, it's going to be over in about 10 minutes. So by then, you guys already know everything that happened on Smack on Rampage. And I didn't even watch the, the last two segments of Rampage. So uh, I don't even know what happens there. So I'm going to talk about the stuff that I actually watched at the show. But anyways, let's get into Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens because this was, you know, the big match that we were building to for the show. Uh, you know, Sami Zayn, everything that's been going on with him and the bloodline, Kevin Owens, and this is all culminated, at least for this particular episode, to Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. So at the start of the show, we have uh, some things. Let me just start off by saying that things are speeding up now, guys. Uh, if you, if we thought that things were going to play out a little bit longer with the bloodline, it's starting to speed up and it feels like it's nearing, nearing the end. It feels like we're getting there now because I think a lot happened today on this particular show that is basically telling us, Hey, we're almost getting to like the peak of this uh, story with the bloodline. So Paul, so Sami Zayn goes to the back and he's knocking on the Bloodlines locker room door and Paul Heyman comes out and he's like, hey, where's the guys? I want to go in and I want to, you know, talk strategy, talk about tonight, right? And Paul Heyman tells him, the guys aren't here. Like, they're not here. It's just me. So Sako is not here. The Usos aren't here. Roman Reigns is not here. In fact, Roman Reigns told me that he thinks you need to do this on your own. And so... Sami Zayn's kind of, you know, looking a little concerned, but then he says, okay, you know what? I think the tribal chief is right. I will do that. I will do this on my own. You know what? I thank him. I'm going to do this on my own. So you're like, oh, this is already getting fishy with that alone. So they supposedly end on good terms, Sammy and Paul Heyman. But the second Sammy steps away, we just get a shot of Paul Heyman and Paul Heyman looks so fed up. He is irritated A. F with Sami Zayn. He is no longer looking like he wants to deal with his shit at all. Uh, the facial reaction that we got from Paul Heyman after this is telling us that it's coming to an end. It's coming to an end here with the bloodline. So get ready for it, everyone. Okay. Before we get into the match, we do got a super chat here that I want to read from Sheldon Jackson, who says, AEW already posted the Ty Mello Anna J versus Ruby and Willow ending on YouTube. They did? Oh, I didn't know that. Thank you for letting me know, Sheldon. I had no idea. Uh, thank you for sending this in, though. Okay, so um, back to Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. This match was really fun. They always are. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are literally perfect for each other. That sounds wrong. They're perfect with each other. That didn't sound any better. They're great in the ring together because they go way, way back. Uh, this is not the first time that we've seen them work together. It ain't going to be the last time we see them work together. But I don't care because it's always a blast with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. So we see them exchange some back and forth, back and forth, excuse me. Um, suplex from Sami that's followed by a quick clothesline from Kevin Owens. We see Kevin Owens hit a brain buster off the top rope to Sami Zayn, an exploder by Sami. Uh, and they're picking up the pace, right, at this point. And uh, Sami kind of has this match, kind of won at this point. He's, you know, working towards getting to the Haluva kick, this and that. But during this, uh, the match is abruptly come to an end because of course the Usos and Sola Sokoa who were supposedly not there 
ended up attacking Kevin Owens, thus causing a DQ. So Sammy is kind of like WTF. Like, why did you guys do this? He's not happy with this at all. He's very bothered by this. And I'm like, they did him dirty. They did Sammy Zayn dirty here by screwing up this match. Um, furthering this story that there's the dissension is coming sooner. So uh, Sammy Zayn is, you know, pissed off. He's sitting on the apron. He's angry, but the Usos are kind of talking to him and basically, you know, brainwashing him and telling him all the things he wants to hear and this and that. And so this then leads to uh, Sola Tekoa doing a splash onto Kevin Owens, who's laying on the commentary table. And then uh, the bloodline basically celebrates above a lifeless body of Kevin Owens, who's just thrown there. And they all, you know, do their thing. And that is how SmackDown ends. And there's even a moment where, if you look closely, when they're all standing there holding up their uh, hands, uh, their arms, excuse me, they... Uh, there's a moment where Sami Zayn does a very subtle bam, just kicks Kevin Owens. It's very subtle. It's not even like a dramatic kick by any means. It's kind of like a, you know, when you're checking to see if something's dead or not, and you're just like poking it really quickly. That's exactly what Sami Zayn did to Kevin Owens, which I thought was kind of a little bit of a brilliant touch. But he, he didn't seem fully convinced though um, with what the Usos and, um, you know, what the Usos were essentially telling him at this point. So if you were enjoying the Bloodline and Sammy, it looks like we're getting closer to the end, guys. I don't think it's going to be Royal Rumble. I don't think Royal Rumble is going to be the end, or it might be the end, but I'm still thinking this is going to be some, this is going to be something that uh, we get at WrestleMania probably. I don't know. I don't know anymore because this story has gotten way too hot to not have it be part of WrestleMania. To have it all just completely end at Royal Rumble does not seem like the thing to do. Like, it just feels like it's the hottest thing. We got to see something of this play out at WrestleMania itself. But then again, it really depends because there's so many other, um, you know, possible matchups that people have been, you know, expecting to see Roman Reigns in. Like, there's so many possible matchups that we can see Roman Reigns in at WrestleMania that at this point, it's just a matter of, who the hell knows what's going to happen by the time we actually get to WrestleMania. Uh, but this was fun, guys. Let's see what people are saying here. We got a couple of comments about this. This is from Real Mike's World who says, uh, Sammy's expressions at the end said it all. He, he is clearly conflicted with his place in the bloodline. I predict Sammy is going to see the light and turn on the bloodline. Very good storytelling. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. This reminded me, and I don't know how many of you guys ever dealt with this as a kid, um, but I remember growing up and I had some friends that were kind of a little bit of, I hate to say it, but I was the friend that got pushed over a little bit. And, you know, my friends would sometimes, you know, be a little bit of, they were kind of bullies sometimes, right? And there's always that one friend that gets bullied. And sometimes your friends are a little bit of jerks to you, especially in that early time of your life, right? And so this is what this reminded me of, where your friends are kind of mean to you, but they're your friends, so you're going to agree, and you're going to smile, and you're just going to get through the day. Uh, that's exactly what Sami Zayn uh, and the bloodline situation kind of felt like, especially uh, especially here tonight. Uh, so there you go. But uh, it was good stuff, man. And Sami's expressions did say it all. He was kind of like, huh, he's, he's too good. He's too good. Um, all right, so let's see what else we got here. This is from the Kyopud who says, I really enjoyed this match until the Usos came out. I get that it's for the story, but I hate when good matches come to a schmosh. I completely agree. The match was so good. I was waiting to see it all culminate 
to a satisfying ending. But uh, yeah, with the Usos, the Usos ruined the match, the the physical in-ring portion of this match that we were enjoying. But for the purpose of this story, yes, we ended up getting all of this that had to essentially unfold. It had to unfold this way for the story to continue. So I did, even though I hated seeing this match come to an abrupt end, especially when it was getting really good, uh, you know, we recognize that this is the story and this is what needed to be done. Um, so thank you so much to the Kaya. But we got everybody saying this was great. Uh, Dark Lord says corpse kick. Yeah, really, that's exactly what he did there. Um, so there you go, everyone. That is the stuff here. All right. So, um, Let's go ahead and get into AEW Rampage. So um, just a note, guys, uh, just a note for everybody here. I didn't get to watch the entire show. Um, for those of you who weren't here on my Wednesday stream. Um, so the way that I had never done a taping where I had where it was dynamite and then rampage. So I didn't really know how it was going to work. And I didn't time things out properly. So after dynamite ended, they had like a little bit of time. They killed a little bit of time and then they did a dark match. And then after that, they killed a little bit more time in between like changing the ring skirts and all of that. And then they started Rampage. So I thought that Rampage was going to start like immediately after Dynamite. So I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be an hour uh, and I could leave at, uh, what, what time did I plan to leave? I told myself I'm going to leave at eight. I thought, okay, Dynamite ends at seven. So I could leave at eight and I could be home by 830. I ended up leaving. I ended up leaving from, from the Kia Forum at 820. I walked out of my seat at 820. And by the time that I got to my car, it was like 832. And then by then it was like, you have 30 something minutes to get home. And my show was starting at nine and I basically got here like within minutes before this show. So I didn't get to catch the last two segments of Rampage, but I did get to watch pretty much everything else that happened. So I will talk about um, all of that. So we uh, kicked off Rampage with, also before I get to Rampage, one thing, uh, AEW Dark Elevation, I don't often get to watch the show. Um, prior to Dynamite, they did shoot Dark Elevation, and I did get to see Brian Cage versus Willie Mack. Uh, if you are a fan of Dark or Dark Elevation, I think you'll definitely enjoy Brian Cage versus Willie Mack. So uh, just a heads up, heads up, that's definitely one to look forward to. And Willie Mack got a massive reaction, okay? A massive reaction for Willie Mack, especially in Los Angeles, of course. Um, okay, so now let's get into Rampage. So we got Darby Allen essentially defeating uh, Juice Robinson to, re to retain the TNT Championship. And this match itself, um, I thought it was okay. And you got to understand, guys, at this point, I had sat through half of Dark, all of Dynamite, another Dark match, and then Rampage. Um, so I was a little tired, guys. And we had just finished watching the um the best of seven, the the uh, the Death Triangle versus the Elite in their seventh match. So it it takes a lot for for you to kind of get reinterested when you're going from holy shit, we just saw this awesome match with all of these big moments with these big stars unfold. And now it's like the energy just went way down. So it, now I get it, man. I get it for those tape shows where sometimes the Rampage audience isn't like completely fired up. 
oh man, I get it. I was so tired at this point. So it was really hard for me to get into this match. It was really hard for me to get into the show, especially with Darby Allen and Juice Robinson, because to be honest, I kind of felt that this match felt a little bit, very, very, um, at least from my live experience, it felt generic. It felt like a very generic match. And I kind of feel like we need to see Juice Robinson maybe switch things up a little bit right now. I feel like right now we just need to see more something different from Juice Robinson for him to really stick out on this already bloated AEW roster. And so that was a little bit of where my disconnection came from. It was like, yeah, it was cool to see Darby, but I didn't really feel like this match was anything to, um, you know, it just it just was a match it was just a match and eventually leading to Darby obviously hitting his coffin drop and getting the win and you know uh that being the first defense for his TNT championship after he won it in his hometown um and afterwards I was thinking like it was funny because my friend Cole was sitting with me and we were like oh I wonder if Sting's here this and that and I'm like I don't know I don't know if Sting's here we don't know we haven't seen him he didn't come out with Darby so I wasn't expecting to see Sting and then Sting came out and we're like yeah, Sting is here. And it was funny because for a lot of the stuff, some, so in the section that I was at, it's like the media section and also like the comp section. And those tend to be like the tamest sections where people don't really like stand up and cheer unless you're one of those people. And I'm one of those people. I like to stand up and I like to cheer. But sometimes when your section isn't doing it, you kind of feel like you don't want to be the only person. So so for this one, it was funny because nobody really stood up when Darby came out. Nobody stood up when Juice Robinson came out. Everybody was just chilling. Everybody was like having a good time, but we're just smiling, not really being too, too you know, woo. And we're just chilling. And then Sting came out and everybody stood up. It didn't matter who you were. Everybody was like, yeah, it's Sting. Sting's here, this and that. So um, he's just, and he came out, did his thing. Everybody was, you know, uh, howling with him and all of that. So that was kind of fun to see. He didn't do much. He just came out and celebrated with Darby. But it got like one of the biggest reactions of the night, uh, especially for Rampage. But um, that's basically uh, what went down uh, with all of this here. Um, okay, so um, let's go ahead and get into the next portion of the show. And this was actually my favorite part of Rampage that I got to watch. And so um, this was Renee Paquette with the Acclaimed and uh, Billy Gunn. And they basically teased this whole thing where um, they basically teased this whole thing that they were going to get a walk of fame. They were going to get a star on the walk of fame and this and that, right? So... <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was great. I love this. So, um, okay, I'm trying to remember everything that happened. So when they came out, they had a different Titantron. They had a uh they had the 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 Hollywood sign on the hills, but instead it said the acclaimed. Oh man, I popped so hard for that when I saw the customized uh Titantron to fit for for the theme of Hollywood and Los Angeles and all of that. Oh, Chef's kiss, cherry on top. I had a blast with that. Uh, and then, uh, so Max Caster hits his rap, and I mentioned on Wednesday's show that he had to restart that one because of the, the mix-up, but it ended up being really funny. Uh, but eventually, he hits his rap, and now that you guys have heard it, he throws a shot, or he throws a shot at, at, uh, at our governor, Gavin Newsom, so he throws a shot at Gavin Newsom. He mentions uh, 
not having to take money, uh, not having to take blood money uh, shot at the Saudis and all of that and that whole situation. And then there was another one. And for some reason, I'm blanking on the other one. It was Gavin Newsom. Oh, Joe Biden. The other one was Joe Biden, because clearly, you know, California is a big liberal state. So uh, he was in Los Angeles being like the most like the most liberal of them all. So he really made sure to like uh, hit us with the Gavin Newsom line with the Joe Biden line and then eventually with the Saudis for the overall uh, Saudi WWE news stuff. So this was pretty damn funny. Uh, obviously, the crowd loves it. They ain't going to take this stuff seriously. They're going to have a great time. People are there to uh, get reactions and to get popped and all of that. So this was funny. Um, eventually, we had, you know, uh, the guns come out. And they had a really funny line where uh, they said, oh, you guys only got popular once you stole our dad or something. That was really funny. And this ends up with the guns basically getting their ass in the cement. Uh, so their legacy on AEW is officially cemented. They have cemented their legacy in AEW. I was going to tweet that on Wednesday, but then I was like, nah, someone's going to yell at me for giving them spoilers. Uh, so I did it. But um, that's pretty much what happened there. Um, all right. So also I'm seeing all your guys' comments about uh, – Anna Jay and that whole situation. I haven't seen that yet because I didn't get to watch that match. Um, but everybody's pretty much telling me that it was not good. Uh, Christopher says, I hope Anna Jay is doing good after that table spot. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Let me see your guys' comments here because that was the one I didn't see. Dark Sparks Ray says, I've never seen anyone take a power bomb off the floor, off to the floor like Anna. Uh, let me see what else. Can someone send me a link of that? If there's a link of that, can someone send it to me so I can see it really quickly? If you can send it to me on Twitter, just like, or put it here in the chat so I can click on it. Someone said her head smacked on the floor. No big deal. <laughs> oh God. Oh man. Uh, man, I'm, I'm really sad to hear that happen. Uh, let's see what else people are saying. Uh, Anthony Navarro says Anna Jay was prepared to have the table break her fall. Uh, someone says it's on AEW YouTube already. Um, okay, let me go on their YouTube channel and uh, pull it up here. But before I do that, um, I did get to see, I did get to see, hold on, let me make sure to uh, pull this up here. Um, sorry, guys, I'm searching for this on AEW's website really quickly, just so I can see that part. But um, anyway, so I did get to see, uh, Malachi Black and Brody King take on Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. Um, we got to see Julia Julia Hart get involved at one point during this match. She like squeals super loudly. That was pretty funny. Uh, I didn't even realize she could scream that loud, but it came through like a lot harder on the actual show. Um, but uh, we did end up seeing Malachi Black and Brody King get the win here. And I I had to bounce after this match. Like I couldn't stay any longer after that. Um, okay, hold on one second, guys. I'm trying to um, find this video here, but apparently I, who am always on YouTube, apparently don't know how to find things. Hold on. Let me see. Someone says, I tagged you in a video of it on Twitter. Thank you. Sometimes that just works a lot better. This would be better if my mentions weren't crap. Okay, here we go. Thank you to everybody who sent this to me. Okay, I'm seeing this right now. Hold on. I'm watching this. Oh my God, she missed the tape. They missed the table. Hold on, me watching this again. Oh my God. Hold on. Let me see how. Okay, so she. Oh Lord. 
Let me watch it again. I've seen it like five times now. Yeah, completely, completely, uh, completely just, oh, that is not good. Oh, that's, yeah, that's very unfortunate to see that. Man, that sucks. I hate seeing that. I really, really hate seeing that shit. Thank you for sending me the uh, videos. I'm, they're all over my timeline now. So um, yeah, it did not look good, unfortunately. Not the, eh, man, oh, that sucks. And that really sucks because sometimes you see like little botches that are just like, you know, this one's a big one. Like this is a big one. Like there's some little ones where you catch it, but like, let's say you blinked, you could miss it. Nah, this one you couldn't miss. So that one was a little bit unfortunate to see. I hate when that stuff happens, man. I really do. And hopefully, um, you know, obviously this was taped on Wednesday. So hopefully that is, uh, you know, okay, man. Holy shit. That's freaking oh man i already seen it it keeps sorry it's on a loop so i'm just like watching it over and over um again oh i feel so bad for her stuff like that is really scary guys because you know it's like you're putting your life on the line every single day and then on top of that it's you don't want stuff like this to happen because you you know you want to put out good work right you don't want people to be like oh this shit sucked or you know and get trashed and for the clip to go around nobody wants that really 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 nobody wants that uh and yeah m eve says little botches turn into major surgeries yeah dude like you can literally take a suplex and like blow your knee out or something like i shit you not like that stuff happens to people you could be like some of the like some of the for example like a lot of the ways that like um, people tear their ACLs, for example, they could literally be doing anything like you could be, um, I don't know, like, maybe you jumped a little bit, you just jumped wrong. It's like free act freak accident and blow, you know, you all of a sudden you're injured. And so when you have something like this with uh, Anna J, that's even worse. And that's very scary. It's very, very scary to see that. Um, so I really hope she's fine. I mean, I'm sure something would have came out by now if she wasn't, uh, given that's already, you know, couple days after that uh, man that was ugly as hell as the coyote says it right here um yeah let's talk about the same thing isaac looper i mean there's so many examples of this isaac looper brings up uh biggie from uh we've seen that so many times that horrible uh spot and i feel bad for rich holland about that because nobody wants to be the person either that ends up hurting another person that sucks too man um so it's just all of it uh, Brenda Boxer says, Rick Boogs blown out me from nothing. I was going to make a joke about Vince McMahon's and the quads. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but no, but for real, uh, real talk here. Uh, stuff like this happens anytime. You could be doing anything. Uh, you could be jumping, running, a little botch, a big botch, whatever the situation is, you know, there can always be um, some sort of, you know, major, major uh, injury or whatnot. So, Oh man, that really sucks. All right, guys. Um, uh, Chris Barrett says, uh, there are two injuries that no matter how many times I see, I laugh the Vince McMahon double quad blow and the Jim Cornette falling off from the scaffold. Uh, the, the Vince McMahon double quad one. Oh, that one's fun to watch. I hate to say that, but it is pretty funny though. It is pretty funny because he's just there and he just has to stay there. Like he can't do anything. He's just there. Oh man. Um, but anyways, there you go, uh, everyone. So that was 
uh, SmackDown. And that was my brief, very small uh, Rampage uh, review. And uh, I will be back next week. Uh, next week, I'll be here on Tuesday to talk about NXT. Wednesday, I'll be back once again for AEW. And then on um, Friday, I will be here again for a SmackDown and Rampage conversation. So uh, we'll be back as always. Um, Keith Duran says, do you think Vince will appear on Raw XXX? Guys, at this point, I have no idea anymore. I don't know anything. And I don't even want to say, I don't even want to talk about rumors because people now think that if you talk about a rumor, you're reporting it as factual. Oh my God, you guys should see my mentions. They're a lot of fun. My mentions, I, I wish sometimes that people... I wish that sometimes people could see all the crazy mentions that I get on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram. It is nuts, man. Uh, my 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 notifications on like for, on Instagram now. I can't even like I don't even have like that. That started off as like a you know just a regular Instagram page, you know, just to promote my career and stuff. But I started posting reels because that's really what pays, you know, pays money. And Instagram pays very, very well. Instagram actually pays more money than uh, TikTok and YouTube combined, okay, combined, and then like, quadruple that amount. That's what Instagram pays for Instagram reels, they pay so much more money than YouTube uh, shorts and uh, TikToks. TikToks. So um, anyway, so I would post I post a bunch of uh, reels on there to get the word out about my interviews and get more eyeballs on the YouTube and all of that, right. But my comment section is a nightmare. It is worse than Twitter, my Instagram comment section and notifications worse than Twitter. Uh, it's just everybody arguing with each other over like the silliest clips ever. Um, so there you go. Um, that's that. Um, alrighty, everyone. So that was today's show. I really hope you guys have an awesome weekend. I'm going to try and watch uh, Hard to Kill right now, at least a couple of matches for Impact Wrestling, because I do want to see a couple of those that were announced on the card. Um, so I am going to make some time to actually take a look at that. And then I got a pretty busy weekend. So other than that, I want to thank you guys so much. And I will see you guys back here uh, next week. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye. Uh,